The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 9. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? 
Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And the angel left her. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you, and you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms 
and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Silent night. Holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep, 
in heavenly peace. It's an idyllic picture, isn't it? Everything right with the world, everything calm and bright, mother and baby together, sleeping in heavenly peace. That wasn't particularly our experience of having newborns. I don't know if it was yours. Um, though they're more than worth it for most of the year after Sophia and then James were born, not much was calm, uh, not much sleep was had. They brought lots of joy, but not peace. But peace is something that we long for, isn't it? We've perhaps all experienced those fleeting moments where we do feel at peace, as if everything is as it should be. That feeling of, of being right with the world, of a still and quiet joy. They're wonderful moments, aren't they? Uh, but for many of us, they seem quite hard to come by. I had one the other day. Both kids were snuggled up to me on the sofa just before bedtime. They were totally angelic. And then five minutes later, World War III broke out. I think they were fighting over a breadstick, but uh, it wasn't good, whatever it was. Uh, and at Christmas, one of the things that I look forward to so much, it's that joy of being together, the whole family in one room, the fire lit, food and wine and laughter. Uh, those moments fill your heart, don't they? Moments of peace. Uh, but the idyllic picture is never quite so accurate, is it? Everyone's on edge in case granny falls out with your sister-in-law and no one's mentioning the elephant in the room. There's always more going on under the surface. And peace, even at Christmas, can sometimes be all too hard to come by. That great philosopher, Taylor Swift, spoke into our lack of peace in her album Midnight's. Uh, where each song explores one of those things that keeps her up at night, and the songs cover anxiety, insecurity, self-criticism, mischances, regrets. We all know a thing or two about some of those, don't we? And it's not just inner peace that so often eludes us. We sang earlier, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Uh, but this year, Bethlehem doesn't lie in deep and dreamless sleep. It's a majority Palestinian town suffering along with all Israel and Gaza during the awful events of the last few months. Uh, nor is it just Israel and Palestine. The war in the Ukraine is in the middle of yet another winter and no immediate end in sight. We live in a broken and hurting world, do we not? And peace so often eludes us. Uh, and around the world, I think we're seeing increasingly this recognition that the peace, internal or external, that we long for is beyond our power to achieve. Uh, in the past, we were perhaps overly confident that through education and hard work, we could solve all the problems of our world, that utopia was just round the corner. Uh, it was one of the marks of modernism, but now it seems perhaps a bit naive. And uh, now we struggle to trust anyone or anything because everything has been found wanting. And for all our dreams of peace in the world, it's not been as simple to achieve as we'd hoped. Not as clear-cut as us good, them bad. Uh, we long for peace. We dream it should be possible. But reality is always more messy than we want to believe. And so we're divided globally, we're divided economically with the strikes and the challenges of a post-COVID world, we're divided politically in the culture war between right and left. 
uh, and all this global and economic and international and social turmoil, it's echoed by a kind of internal and emotional and mental turmoil. And many of us are not really coping well. No, we're not coping with the stress and the strain, the peace that we long for. Where will we find it? The message of Christmas is one of peace. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. There's plenty of turmoil all around us. And at Christmas, we remember that God is not far off from our challenges and our struggles. He's come close to us in the person of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. That's the offer of God at Christmas, the good news that God saw the brokenness of our world and in Jesus has come down to do something about it, that he lived the perfect life and then died on the cross in our place to bring you and I peace with God and with one another. He offers us a love that never fails us, an acceptance that is without condition or limit. And he is the only one who can break down the barriers that divide us. He is the one who reaches out and pays the price to reconcile us to him. Because the truth is that God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself. Now we celebrated one coronation this year, didn't we? The coronation of King Charles. And the coronation contains so much symbolism of the kind of king that Charles wants to be and of us, the people that he rules. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And his birth shows us what his kingdom is like, what kind of king he is, born as a baby because he came not to conquer but to identify, given gifts of gold because he rules, frankincense because he is the great high priest leading us back to God, myrrh, for dead bodies, because he came to die in my place and yours, to give his life to bring us peace. Born to die, because only by dying could he defeat evil, wipe away the wrongdoing in the world, open up the way for us to come back to God again. God didn't send us a therapist, he didn't send us a philosopher, he didn't send us an economist. He sent us a saviour, because the peace that we seek is not our achievement, it is his gift. And Jesus came to bring peace for the tax collector whose great wealth had not brought him peace, for the woman caught in adultery to whom he said, I do not condemn you, and brought forgiveness for you and for me, for each one of us, for a waiting world, longing for peace, but without the power to attain it because he made us for himself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. You may have seen a few weeks ago that Matthew Perry died, uh, famous as Chandler from Friends. And Matthew Perry for much of his life had fame but no peace. It was one of the things that made him such a great actor because so much of that inner anguish that marked Chandler as a character was true in his real life as well. Uh, and in his autobiography, he describes how just a few years ago, he had this encounter with God. Uh, he recalls how at his lowest point, he cried out in desperation and said, God, please help me. 
Show me that you are here. And then he says, I started to cry. Crying because for the first time in my life, I felt okay. Safe and taken care of. Decades of wrestling with life and sadness were all washed away. He called out to God, and God heard and listened, responded, entered in, and set him free. God did what no one else could do, because that's what God does. And that's not just Matthew Perry's story, that's my story too. Uh, A story of peace. When I was a younger teenager, I was painfully anxious, painfully self-conscious, Uh, I remember I didn't like myself. That was my my core problem. And because I wasn't at peace with others, I was insecure in all the relationships around me. Um, And everything changed. One year I was 16, and I remember it so clearly. And I felt for the very first time just how much God loved me. God did it through a Bible verse, 1 John 3 verse 1. It says, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, And that is what we are. And as I heard it, something broke inside me. I felt how much I was loved by God. And it changed my life. I found peace with God, the gift of the Prince of Peace who died for me and brought me into his family. And that helped me accept myself. And then that rippled through all of my relationships. I totally changed. We all long for peace for world peace, for relational peace, for inner peace. But it's not something that we have the power to achieve by ourselves. We can make progress, but it's not in our gift. It constantly eludes us. True peace is the gift of the Prince of Peace. It's available for you and for me this Christmas and each year. Peace with God, peace in our hearts. It comes as we receive the Prince of Peace in our lives because God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself. So let's invite him in this Christmas as we pray in a moment and receive his peace this evening. I'm going to say a prayer in a moment and I'll leave space and quiet for you to echo it in your heart if you want to. Uh, You might have come to church all your life, but never made this personal before. This might be your first time in the building this year. And you want to know the one whose gift is peace. Uh, If you're not someone who's ready to to pray this evening for yourself, I'd love you to come and join us at our discussion evenings next term. It's called Alpha. We run them every Wednesday night starting end of January. Just a chance to bring life's big questions and to wrestle with uh, the big issues of life and faith and meaning. To ask whether this is all really true. And if you're not someone who's ready to pray, then do come and join us. We'd love to have those discussions together. Uh, But for those who are ready, those who want to invite in this Christmas the Lord of life, the Prince of Peace, into our hearts, uh, this prayer is very simple. It goes, thank you, sorry, please. Thank you for the love that you had for me since before the world began. I'm sorry for how I haven't lived at peace with myself, with you, with others. Please come in and enter my life. Take your rightful place and fill me with your peace this Christmas. 
And then I'll just leave a moment of quiet to allow God to answer that prayer and to fill us afresh with his peace as we invite him in. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you have loved me since before the world began. I am sorry for how I've fallen short and not lived at peace with those around me or with you. Please, Lord, forgive me for where I have fallen short and come into my life. Please come and take your rightful place and fill me with your gift of peace. Peace with you, peace with myself, peace with those around me. And let's just take a moment of quiet to invite the Prince of Peace to take his rightful place in our hearts. Amen.